Some Man City fan apparently slugged him. Oh, I like Jeremy. Shit, you're old. It was a direct attack at you. Like, you look every bit 30, huh? He'll be killed by a number of men in the dugout. Watch, watch, rumbles on. Pina colada, large one. Yes, coming in hot with episode 71 of the Football Played on Paper podcast. And we have three quarters of the panel assembled today. Um, and it feels a bit better, actually. Now we're a bit lighter. feel a bit more nimble, a bit more streamlined. No one like dragging us down. Um, but here we are. Barney, how are you? Good, thanks, Sean. Really glad to get rid of that dead weight. Halsey, <laughs> you probably feel a bit better too. You know, you've, yeah, you've moved up I, a rung. It's yeah, exactly. It's I'm sorry, I'm into bronze position, and you probably can't see it on the podcast. But it's a big smile on my face. It feels like a dark cloud's been hanging over me. It's finally gone. <laughs> oh, I just feel lighter and better myself. But um, yeah, no, the, what a week it's been. Um, so we're getting to the real pointy end. So quarterfinals done. So um, we'll dive into that. Some really good fixtures there. Um, and then popped out on the other side, um, we've got four teams and we are into the semi, so we'll preview those. And then we'll touch on a multi that almost got there. This is probably the closest we've been, actually. Yeah. We've got three out of four legs. Get warm again, up. Again, we fall over. But don't worry, we go again. We go again. Yeah, little multi um, that thought he could. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll go again in the semis and then hopefully the multi's in as long we can get one done. But, um, yeah, stack show. Barney, let's go. Weekly happenings, bud. Alrighty, so first one we're going to take a look at here is uh, more France fallout. So in the last pod, we talked a bit about some of the fallout that's been happening post-France's uh, elimination the from the tournament. Yeah, the parents abusing each other. Well, sorry, just one parent abusing multiple parents. Uh, and we've had some more fallout here, and this one's a bit, a, bit, a, bit, um, a bit worse, I think. Well, actually, no, it's definitely worse. So this was uh, this video has come out since the their elimination, and uh, basically it's uh, Dembele and, oh. and Griezmann are sitting in their hotel room, just uh, hanging out, being mates, and they had an issue, I believe, with their TV, and they got some of the uh, some of the staff from the hotel to come in and fix their their um, their TV, and the staff all happened to be of Asian descent, and there were some very poor discriminatory remarks made towards these uh, hotel staffers um, and some bad things were said and there's been a lot of a lot of bad press towards uh, Griezmann and Dembele and it, things don't look good for them. What do you boys Unders- think? Understandable. It's probably going to yeah. uh, hurt Griezmann's reputation in the Yu-Gi-Oh community as well. That deal might fall through because I know that game originated in uh, Japan, so got oh, yeah. his reputation there, but it's it's like the criticism is warranted. Obviously, it's it's pretty bad. Um, the thing, like, why was why were they filming? Like, that's the other thing too. Like, what's kids it? kids these days. I know they just put everything on the internet. Phones. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> oh. And the and the racist stuff too. Obviously, is atrocious. Yeah, it's you, like you think, it, it, you think it, that they get like um enough education and stuff like that when they go to these clubs and these teams about like tolerance and and you think that they'd be playing with like so many different players from so many yeah. parts of the world that they wouldn't flinch at you know someone being um of different origin to, to yeah. them so it's weird that they come out with this yeah, yeah uh, it, it's it's yeah you're right but you think the people who are some of the most traveled people in the world who experience mm. most different cultures and around surrounded by people from different cultures every day yeah. would be a bit a bit better in these situations but yeah it happens uh, happens to them all so yeah, we, we was, said at the start of the tournament that like the only thing that can really slow France down and stop them is themselves, and it looks like they kind of did internally combust in a couple of ways, um, yeah, and then kept exploding on the way out of the tournament as well. <laughs> it's been a, yeah. it's been a full tournament capitulation from them. Like there's other rumors as well, like they're complaining about their five star hotel they're in, and all this other stuff has come out since they've been eliminated. It's just mm. none of it looks good for them. So yeah. we'll move on to something a bit a bit nicer and something that was, it was great to see was uh, Emil Hoiberg uh, at the end of the Denmark game when they beat the Czech Republic 2-1. He basically just fell to his knees and broke down in tears on the field. He was mm-hmm. just so, so relieved and so proud of the uh, achievement of the whole team and couldn't believe where they got to. Uh, this, was a, this was a bit of a nicer one to, to move on to. What do you boys think of it? Yeah, I liked it. Um, I think even... 
was about two minutes left in the game. The ball went out for a throw-in, and he seemed to have this sense of the, that they were over the line. And he like mm-hmm. he gave a big fist pump to the the crowd, the Danish fans that were near him, and like got them all riled up. Then uh, the Czech Republic almost went down the other end and scored an equaliser, but still, <laughs> that would be bad. <laughs> he was real fired up for the entire game. It was it was good to see. Yeah, strong uh, nineteen ninety two vibes about this uh, this win from the Danes. I know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, when if for those that don't um, remember or, or know or born or whatever, but um, yeah, they didn't um, qualify for the tournament, and then um, former Yugoslavia pulled out and they they took that additional spot. They slipped then, in. Yeah, it went all the way. So yeah, could we see that again? But yeah, strong nineteen ninety two vibes. Um, and you know when you're playing a game and then like something happens in the game or you score that last goal to clinch it or something, and like you know the game's won, and then you can just enjoy the last like yeah. ten or fifteen minutes of a game. Yeah, I feel as though he was in that space, and then yeah, um, and then it just hits him at the end. Because he knew that, like, no matter what happened, then all they had to do was just keep hoofing the ball down the other end for two more minutes. And yeah. and that was set. Take the ball to the corner. Easy, easy money. He was he really invests everything into into his games. Hoiberg. He's real highly emotional. Sort of like yeah, puts it all on the line for the team, whichever mm. team he's playing for. And yeah, he'd sort of see that at the end of the game. We just was pure relief after they won. His stats yeah. have been huge this tournament too. Yeah, yeah, and he's actually been really good going forward for them as yeah. well. Yeah, surprisingly, which is something that no one saw at Tottenham last year. Yeah, um, it's almost as if like he's been managed by someone who's like ultra defensive and like, yeah. <laughs> just says get all that you know dribbling and forward passing out of your game. Just do, <laughs> yeah. yeah, do one single role for me. And don't don't step outside it. Alrighty, so uh, next one we've got here is that. Uh, Rumours are own goals are on for a huge transfer this summer <laughs> after they've now overtaken Michelle Platini as the all-time highest goal scorer <laughs> hey, really? at a single tournament. Yeah, so uh, Platini had the record on nine for a single tournament and own goals have now hit 10. So I reckon that's who's going to get the, we are talking about the new Al Hajj Juf uh, yeah, might yeah. be own goals to Manchester United, I believe. Yeah. They're looking well, at them now for 120 mil. Currently linked with Man United, PSG and Man City. Yeah. So, so what, why do you guys think that um, there is all these own goals at the moment? Like, is bad it defending. just tired, <laughs> or bad defending, or is it the I don't know the footballs that swerving more? Like, what's deflections? Like, what's going on? It's almost like a style because I'm trying to I'm trying to picture picture them in my head, the ones I can remember, and a lot of the time when you see them, they're the ones where uh, the defender gets the byline and cuts it back, and so all it's got to do is basically hit a body and go in, and often that's yeah. what happens. Yeah, and, and it could be anyone at that point. Like it, they, could, it could be a striker yeah. easily as well, right? Yeah. And that style of attacking and getting to the byline and cutting back is so much more prevalent and popular these days. Yeah, that's true. That that's like good, slipping the Uyghur in rather shout. than yeah. back in the day when you whip across in from deeper. Yeah, or, or further do you think, out. Do, yeah. Do you think no, it's a bit of a product of VAR as well, with uh, a bit more of a shoot on site policy? Because a lot of a lot of maybe the stats guys are like, hey, like just have a shot through a pack. Mm. You, you might hit an mm. arm. You get a pen. Or you might get, catch a deflection and it, deflection and it goes, goes in. in. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I don't know if there are more own goals this year in the Premier League as well than the previous seasons. But I think it's just a bit of a change now. There, it's a bit more shoot on site policy and just hope to get something out of it. Yeah, mm. not too good theory to look up. Mm. Yeah, mm. plus the art of mm. defending's going. That's for sure. Well, they may get harder and harder to try and defend, yeah. right? It's so difficult. Yeah. All righty. And the last one of the weekly happenings is uh, all four teams in the semifinals are home bodies. So after the four teams made it through, they're actually the four teams in the comp that had all their group games played at home. Nothing sus. Yeah, nothing <laughs> sus. <laughs> so no, it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it helps massively if you got all your, all your games in one location because I know... Who who was it who was uh, who got knocked out in the round of sixteen? It was Wales. Some of the Wales players were complaining massively about they their uh, travel where they, yeah. yeah their travel they had, which was was pretty ridiculous in the end when you looked at it. I think they had all four games in different spots, but yeah, um, yeah it would it uh, obviously helps to have them all in the one spot. But it does like, yeah. th- that, that's always been the case in any tournament. Like you look at the World Cups previously. Um, like I think over like. Um, 25% of being won by the host um, and yeah. then those tournaments that didn't get um, who didn't who hosted but didn't win them like look how well they went so like Russia. if you go back to yeah, how well Russia went so like low rank 
but they just completely Korea. outperformed where they went. Korea, Japan, that World Cup, they went um, rather deep um, yeah. in, in there as well. So, and then you've got um, like South Africa didn't go too far, but like a lot of the um, African nations made it through a lot mm. further than than they otherwise would have. And then obviously you got like, like France '98, you've got England from '66. Um, Germany <laughs> got a long way back now. Germany there as well, yeah. And um, Uruguay, if you went all the way back to the '44, so, was it? Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, it makes yeah. sense. It just, I guess that's it's just how like, it is. But yeah, you, you got someone's got to host it. Like, yeah. Mm. I think and, it's like, but when you like sort of spread it out to say twelve different cities, then that's like half the teams now have an advantage, whereas half the teams then don't. So it's like if it's at one place, you get one country has an advantage, and that's I see. that's fair because yeah. they host everyone. I yeah. feels like more balanced, but yeah. Well, the, the only alternative would be is to get the tournament hosted by a team who's not in the, in the tournament. <laughs> yeah, but that'd then be cool. yeah, that'd be like as you say, so political, and it just so hurt like sales and all that like there's nothing yeah. better when like you, you like have a look at a nation and the whole place is absolutely going crazy because their national team has just made it through to the round of 16 or something crazy like that like yeah you're just not going to get that if say this was held in like azerbaijan um but yeah. we're, we're talking off air weren't we where um we're saying that um this was the first tournament that hasn't been hosted by like an individual um country Mm. Yeah, and or, or, or like two or something like that. Yeah, yeah Jewel. Um, yeah. And so this was um, Platini's um, brain child and he pitched it obviously pre-corona and I think the original <laughs> host cities and venues were, you know, up to 16 and then corona hit and instead of saying, geez, we probably shouldn't have everyone travel all over Europe all the time, um, we'll have you move it to one and we'll postpone this idea. They've said, nah, instead of 16, we'll just trim it to 11 host cities, I'm told now. so Fixed it. Um, Problem solved. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, as we said <laughs> off air, like there's these like weird half bubbles that aren't really bubbles because people have only been in there for like a day or two until they fly out to their next destination. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, it's probably probably something to do with a bit of, bit of money floating around, keeping, uh, keeping it the way things were, I guess. Yeah, but nah, if there's money's... a year not to do it, this is it. But they oh, still, yeah. went, still went ahead with it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Money's, money's never controlled football. Nah. Sean, sure no, are you putting in an uh, official bid for Australia to host the next Euros 2024? <laughs> America is. <laughs> oh, I would America love that. It would, at least it would save me some airfares because, um, yeah, I plan on going over the next one. Oh, it'd save me some sleep. Far out. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Oh, Summer that, in Asia. That is, honestly, it's under undersold how, like, detrimental that is like i think at the start of the tournament i was like this isn't too bad like these games aren't you know interrupting my sleep too much if i'm watching a, a pick sort of one or two games to watch but just i think what's getting me is the accumulation i'm yeah yeah, yeah like the players playing every yeah. third day you just feel worn out yeah i know yeah yeah we, we do it all for the listeners though yeah <laughs> so uh we'll move on to some transfer news now and first one off the uh off the list here is Eduardo Camavinga to United. Surprises there, not. <laughs> so, for those who don't know who Camavinga is, he's probably he's. I mean, he's been tipped as the next Paul Pogba, the next this, the next that. No, he's uh, I mean. he's a very talented young French central midfielder. Um, he probably plays a little more defensively than Pogba does. He's not as not as flashy. He's a bit more of a grinder. So some sort of defense at all. Yeah, I think I think he's much more in the vein of like a Renato Sanchez kind, oh, of, yeah. kind of player. Like, so how uh, much physical athletic? So they're looking at potentially getting him for thirty mil, which I think is an absolute steal. Yeah, if he's that good, not for, bad for like how how like when we talk about young talented players these days, especially young French players. Mm-hmm. And the ridiculous fees that they could potentially go for, like thirty mil for him, is a is a steal. And I think it's so low because his contract ends in twenty twenty two. So yeah. it's either oh, that's goes right. this off season or he's not going to resign and he goes for free. And how how close is this to being done, Bunny? Are we talking like everything's done? Um, they just need to sign, or are we mm, talking still... agreed personal terms? Or like <laughs> <laughs> just you know normally do. It's in is principle. It, yeah, I was say it's a big it's a big in principle in front of this. <laughs> no, I think it's I think it's just like talks are progressing probably more positively than maybe other people were expecting. And United seem like the front runner at the moment. And yep. for a guy who's you know uh, he's like PSG have big interest in obviously up and coming French youngster. Um, yeah, United are progressing well, and he's been a long-term target for them. Apparently, he's and, um, 
And realistically, we're not going to see him in the Premier League next season, are we? He, will we see him get a run out in, say, like a League Cup, though? Or is he years away still? Oh, no, I reckon, I reckon he is... Uh, I wouldn't. I don't know if he'd be ready every game of the Premier. He's not like a prime sort of player to come in and just take mm. the starting spot in central midfield. But he'll definitely be Playing in the, the squad, and, stuff, yeah. and he'll definitely be getting more minutes than Donny Van Der Beek. Oh, I was sure. going to jump in with that one. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Damn, <laughs> nice call. I'll get the same minutes as Donny. <laughs> <laughs> Job is not even here to cop it all. <laughs> Suck no, shit. but he's he's actually he's much he's much more like ready for the Premier League than maybe if some people think. Like he's had a few – he's played a couple seasons now in the first team for Wren mm-hmm. and um, he's only 18 now. I yeah, think, well, 19. Uh, okay. well, I for one can't wait until Ollie brings him on um, in round 38 when they're already up 2-0 and then takes full credit for his whole development. So that'll be good. <laughs> in the 87th minute of every game. <laughs> exactly. All right, well, you, we uh, talked about this one last week on the pod and it has – Finally gone through. Obviously, we gave Palace the tick of approval to, yes, they can officially na- officially uh, announce it. So, Patrick <laughs> Vieira has signed as manager of Crystal Palace. Yeah. I'm uh, interested to see what happens here. I think it's going to go oh, fa- fairly well. Sean yeah, not convinced, you, Sean, no, not yeah. convinced at all. See, yeah. I said my face last week, or I think this is an absolute <laughs> shit show, and this will this will be the first thing to blow up in the Premier League. 100%. I'm so confident of that. And um, I'd like to see the markets on the sack race because uh, I think he's going to get it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Give him I, six I, games. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I think I think he'll be decent. They could have gone for a lot less risky options. That's for sure. Like, yeah, I don't think that like, they've sort of gone from one end of the scale now to the other. From <laughs> like Roy Hodgson, who's just a certainty to get you into the Premier League and stay there week like year on year. To Vieira now, who's a bit of an unknown quantity, but. I've got high hopes for him. I like him. Yeah, to, like to be mm. fair to Vieira, not all my comments are directed at him. I don't think he's going to be the hundred percent the reason why um, this gets oh yeah, abs- yeah blows up. But the other part of it is like you look at the turnover in that squad. Like if, yeah. he, if he was taking over like a stable team, um, I think he could probably keep them up or you know keep them competitive. Obviously, depending on where he goes. But I think if you have all of that turnover with. Um, with the players, because as we know, they were an aging squad and they had a bunch on loan. So I think they're what? What's the number? Like thirteen or fourteen players going out. Um, yeah, it was, it was like twenty, was closer to twenty. 20 yeah. yeah, there you go. Yeah. Twenty yeah. players it going out. So it's like basically the whole squad. Yeah, and and him coming in, I just think that's a recipe for disaster. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. a lot to put on a new manager coming in. Oh, it is. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. it's almost sure. unfair to him yeah. a bit there, where yeah. you're just like, oh, he's. He's a squad, but now cut it in half. They're gone, and now we have to find another 20 players. Oh, mm. by the way, we don't have a lot of money, um, and, yeah, you're a new manager. So I'm sure you deal with it because you would have experienced this before. Oh, no. Wait. <laughs> Do you think it might almost be like a Frank Lampard at Chelsea where they had the transfer ban where it's like Vieira gets a free hit on the free free season? Yeah. Maybe, mm. but I think they'll tolerate that, a free hit, in if they don't go down. But I yeah, think they stay you, up. Yeah, if you okay. see them in January... In the relegation zone, I mean, he's going. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. It's it's that's a fair it's a fair point. I like yeah. them staying up is is a massive win for their season, for sure. Alrighty, yeah, that, that's all he'll be looking to do. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Alrighty. Next one we've got is uh, Villa are apparently putting in a third bid for Emil Smith Rowe. So. I didn't even realize they'd put in two bids before this, but apparently they're, they're putting in their yeah. third bid now for Emil Smith Rowe, and he uh, they obviously haven't met what Arsenal are looking for. And I, I mean, if I was Arsenal, there'd be no way I'd even be entertaining a bid or allowing them to put in a third bid. I'd just be like, no, like no way, he's not going anywhere. But I mean, who knows? Some I've already seen some people saying yeah. that if they let him go, it's it's a massive, massive failure by Arsenal. What do you, what do you reckon, Shona? Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's not only this. So obviously, you've got the sale piece of like selling one of your best players. That that's one thing. That's like, oh, it's not great. But the other thing, which I think is a little bit bigger, is the shift of Arsenal moving from a buying club to a selling club. Yeah, and I think if if they sell him, that is the shift. They they then become into the realm of like, say, where Leicester are. Where if you have a great season at Leicester, well, you get great. Guess what? You get a, a move. Um, mm. And I think if you're Arsenal, um, you don't want to move to that space because, trust me, being a Leicester fan, you know how hard it is to 
pull mm. together a squad, develop how good they are. But like you want them to be good, but as soon as they're good or turn great, Kante um, is the is the prime example. They just get picked off. Yeah. Mares, Maguire, yeah. you stop like, becoming a finisher forever. club. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, and it, it, and it become a stepping stone club. So yeah. that's the that's what I'd be worried about if I was asking. How much is this still uh, around? I didn't see any any uh, figures around it, but the fact that they're actually like that's what I mean. The fact that it's actually gone to a third bid means I think Sean is right and like they're Pretty willing. They're they're willing to let him go, but it's going to be for a big fee. I think like I'm so I reckon yeah. like fifty mil. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, which would be like ridiculous and, and for the him. Fact but that's that, what they're willing say, to let him go. It's gone to a third bid. Yeah. Yeah, but the the fact that it's, as you say it's gone to a third bid is um, that must mean that Villa think that that this deal isn't dead. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like if they exactly, rang, yeah. if they got them yeah. up first time, and and Arsenal were like, "What are you doing? We're Arsenal. There's no way we're selling our biggest prospect who's come through the academy and he's English. No chance. Move on. I mean, you wouldn't get this second and this third bid. But the fact that Arsenal were like, oh. That's a good number, but can you go higher? That makes me think that this deal isn't dead. Yeah, yeah, definitely on. Yeah, they should be building. They should be building their team around him in a few years. Like that's the sort of level of talent he is, and like prospects. So it'd be, yeah, I'd be very agreed. surprised they let him go. Alrighty, so uh, next one we've got here is Tommy Heaton returns to United. It's where it's where he started his career back in two thousand and five, and he has now returned back to United. Who? How many bloody keepers have they got on the books now? Yeah, decent ones. Yeah, like all, all solid keepers. I'm just trying to look them up here here again. Uh, like, well, you got you got De Gea, you got Henderson, and now you got Heaton. yeah. And uh, another third one before that, like a third tier keeper before that. De Gea, Henderson, and there's someone else. We're they missing. had they had Romeo, Romeo, but oh, he left yeah. on one. He did. Okay, yeah. Yeah, was, look that one up if you can, Barney. Yeah, but the, I mean, like, an, a, I guess a good get for United in terms of like a solid backup keeper, mm. um, but probably not something they really needed, to be honest. Yeah, De Gea is a decent backup keeper. Yeah, like I don't think. Yeah, I don't think they uh, need need to really but, sign yeah. anyone else. Mm. <laughs> what, See, I've always said this about keepers. I've always said this about keepers. You need you need your three keepers, right? And you need. Um, you need an older head who's happy not to play and has yep. some heaps of experience and can coach and teach the the number one and the essentially the apprentice. Schwarzer. And then obviously you need your number one who's going <laughs> to play all the time. And then you need your your younger keeper who who is like Pushing putting the some, one. some pressure on your number one and just yeah absorbing information from your your experience keeper. And I think if they've got if United have Dean Henderson is twenty four years old and the younger guy. And you've got De Gea as your number one, although that's that looked rocky for parts of last yeah. season. Um, who's supposedly in his prime. Um then and then you have Heaton who's thirty five. Um yeah, I think you've got that nice mix there. And I think anyone outside that three, it would you should probably be shuffling for a move because you're not gonna be in the match day squad anytime soon. Yeah, absolutely. Well, absolutely. United have gone for the two older heads because they've also got <laughs> Lee Grant there, who's thirty eight. Too old, too old. Yeah, yeah well, there you go. well, I mean, he's realistically he's probably doing his coaching badges and transitioning to um, the coaching, yeah, coaching yeah. role. Really, true, true. Well, if you if you go to the latest news on the Manu website from Grant, it's his the first quote is "It's my job to push the other lads." So, oh, he knows yeah, his so, spot at the club. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I guarantee right. he's probably a better crosser than he is keeper at this point because yeah. um, that's all he'd be doing at training. Hit just a half volley out of his hands. Of you, and that skill yeah. would just be over and over again. Yeah, true. Cheesy can ping a ball. Yeah. Uh, right, last one we've got here is Danny Ings has turned down a four-year bumper deal from the Saints to uh, look at options elsewhere. So yeah. this was going to make him the highest paid player at the club and actually in Southampton history. Wow. Uh, but he, he's knocked it back and he said he wants a challenge at a bigger club before because he's, he's 28 now. He's yeah. at that time in his career where he's got to, he's either got to go to a bigger club or just, yeah, take that big contract and just rake in the cash before he um he's done that. slows down a bit. Yeah, he tried that. That's he kept getting injured. That, right? Yeah. Uh, when he, he says big club, I don't, th- and, I don't, and, I don't think he's, fit. yeah, I don't know if he's talking about like necessarily a Liverpool or Man City. I think he's talking about like a, 
Aston Villa, maybe or someone who's maybe competing for Europe, maybe in West Ham, you know, something like that. A Leicester or if, something. If he's, yeah. Leicester, yeah. yeah. I don't think he's. I don't think he's necessarily talking about elite. He's talking about like uh, like a Man club. United. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There he is. No one to defend uh, him. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. For for me, this seems a little bit odd. Um, I think yeah. if you're Danny, um, yeah, I think you may as well stay there, be the man, wear the armband, be the top goal scorer, um, take the cash, and and you know go down as a, a club legend. I'm not sure why you'd be agitating for a move um, that, as you say, unless unless it's one of those huge clubs where you just can't turn down, um, you're just going to another essentially mid-tier club. Um, but when Southampton are good, they are a mid-tier club. Um, yeah. It's just they've had some patchy seasons. Yeah. Is anyone sniffing? Like, has is, is he got some ideas and that's why? Didn't or? see any other rumours. I mean, his agent might be out there putting the feelers out. But, yeah, I mean... Yeah, I think I think I get. I can understand from his point is that the chance he did get at the big club, he never really got to take advantage of because he was just so injured. Yeah, he, ne- he never got really got the chance. So I could see him feeling like it's un unresolved for him. He needs to needs to um to push and try and prove himself a bigger club. But yeah, I agree. He should probably should have just taken the deal at Saints and and um and t- taking the cash, but. Anyway, we'll uh, we'll move on to the reviews now of the uh, oh, yeah. four quarterfinal games that went on, and we'll start at Switzerland v Spain. Good so choice. this was a very good match. Ended one all uh, at the end of full time, and then one all at the end of extra time. Went to pens, uh, and Spain got out on top three one. So, what did you think of the uh, this the Spanish sort of display, Sean? And were you as convinced as you were last week? Uh, no, that's actually the first dot point on my list here. <laughs> is um, I'm still not convinced by Spain. I know um, what is. I know exactly what just you mean. A, I don't know. They're out of the four teams that have sort of made it through to this stage. Aren't, aren't, they're the most unconvincing, aren't they? Like, you yeah. just don't really trust them. With, yeah, I'd, I'd agree. Um, like, you wouldn't go into a game and think, oh, I'm going to back Spain in this game. They just don't fill you with confidence. Whereas I think at various stages, England have given you that vibe. Italy have definitely given you um, that vibe. And and Denmark, um, yeah, after coming off the Wales result, will definitely give you that vibe. So I think, yeah, they're probably the... But having said that, they're doing that thing, aren't they, where they just grind out a result and and get through to the to the next stage. So, um, but the one really... thing that worries me is their is their defence. Um, yeah. So what about 100%. the defending for the Shik- the Shakiri goal? <laughs> yeah. So oh, Laporte comes across point. to take it, knocks it into Torres, and then it just sort of bounces back um, <laughs> into is it Zuba's um, path, and then he just no, lays it Shikiri, across Shakiri's path. Shakiri, and then Zang- he no, slots Shikiri's it under yeah, and it because yeah. it bounced straight to Shakiri. But didn't it didn't it get crossed in by someone? No, no, no it went nah, straight to nah, Shakiri. Bounced straight to Shakiri. Oh, and Shakiri. then he slots right. it under Aspilicueta, who was again yeah, wearing nut, wrist tape. Nuts him. Nuts him is so good. Yeah. I've got I've got I've yeah. got a theory on what happened right here. So okay. coming across, right, Laporte's going for the ball, he's throwing French, Torres is throwing Spanish, and it's mm. just a, a breakdown in communication. Language. Yeah, and Shakiri knows knows and both she, languages. Yeah. He speaks fifteen languages because he's from Switzerland, and he's just like thanks, boys, in Italian, <laughs> and takes it. Yeah, yeah, the only only person knew what was going on was the Swiss guy. Yeah, yeah. crafty bugger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, but but yeah, I I, I agree. I, I'm convinced by this the Spanish, even though they dominated possession again, like seventy three percent percent possession and. Just under a thousand passes to Spain's uh, wow. to Switzerland's three hundred and sixty nine passes is like, yeah, dominating the ball, but again, like not always doing a lot with it. And mm. some some made some good saves, but yeah, I still don't think there was a many clear cut chances and a big deflection for Spain goal for the first one. Yeah, it yeah, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of own goal, I think that, if, that didn't go if, down as an own goal. It? Yeah, it did. No, it did. It did. did it? Yeah, because oh, I think I think they so were, big. Yeah. It is it is harsh, but I think they were saying it was going to go across the goal. And yeah, then it, it was hit him in the leg and went in. Jan Jan Summer has had a hell of a tournament. He's definitely oh, yeah. been Switzerland's best player. Yeah, um, yeah by far. And yeah, he's had a hell of a tournament. And I know we talk about the Elhas Juf, um, <laughs> James Rodriguez. Man, he might be it actually. Yeah, like he he's be done really really well. Yeah, but yeah, he's, too, he? he's, yeah. he's too old to get a big yeah. deal. So, like, he, he'd definitely go to a big club, but, like, How old is he? he's he's over 30 now. He's, like, 32, 33 maybe. That's a primary career for a keeper, though, isn't it? 
Uh, yeah, that, it is. and that's it. I think if he's a keeper, he should be okay because what you can do is like if you think if you're a team that needs a keeper now and you're gonna your title, you've got a title winning team essentially ready to go now. Um, like you don't want to buy a prospect. Do you know yeah, what I mean? You want to buy risky. a huge product. Mm. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Um, so what? So what do we think another, about the red card? Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Uh, I, I okay. I, 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 I knew note, people were going to be split on this. My, yeah. my, my note here, <laughs> my exact note I had was I would have been happy with it. Well, not happy with it, but I could see it going either way. Although I'm probably leaning more towards it not being a red. You just love ruining the game, don't you? I don't because he slid, <laughs> he slid in two legs, so yeah, it was, and it was pretty aggressive. He was going at speed, but he also didn't go in studs up at all. He went in kind of sort safe of the way he executed yeah. it, yeah, like swinging sort of sliding leg. And he didn't. He wasn't. No way he's going to injure the player. I don't think at all. Nah. And so I, I, I would, I would have been happy with a yellow. Yeah, same. Hold sure, it. I'm, gonna, I'm thinking you're going to yellow. <laughs> yeah, so I'm thinking that's okay. I'm not yeah. even. Oh, really? Foul there because he 100 yeah, yeah. gets the ball. And yeah, then exactly. I think it's momentum that takes him through. And as you say, his leg action isn't like a, a straight, yeah. stiff leg with studs up. It's that sweeping motion, and he a mm. bent leg. Got the ball first, studs went up. So, oh, like, I honestly think if you, bit, went back th- if you went back three years, they don't even blow a foul for that. Nah, yeah. and, and you move on. But very, hang on very to harsh. that. The world, yeah. the world that we're in, um, yeah, I think it's it's probably a yellow. It would be fair. But Michael Oliver went straight for the red card. There's yeah. no fair oh, to be had. So. I know. And that's the problem is when Which he is, makes that decision like that is that um, there's obviously mm. enough contact in there for it to be um, left as a red card. So VAR is never going to say to him, yeah. nah, you might want to go look at that because well, it's it's so it's it just like the, he hit his leg. Yeah, it shifts the burden of proof, doesn't it? So mm. once he mm. gives a red, silly. then VR, yeah, VR like, oh, well, unless we prove you wrong, it's that's what it is. It's a if, red. If yeah. Whatever he and called is it. what it would have stayed. Like if he gave a yellow, they wouldn't have yeah. turned it to a red as well. The most Ten ridiculous part yeah. of that whole situation was the commentator who he like oh, he yeah, had he the biggest like a... overreaction. He's like, oh, he's cannoned in with his studs into the player's legs. <laughs> I'm like, are you yeah, watching the same fucking <laughs> I game? Know. I thought he was trying to assassinate Nate him. <laughs> the problem with the commentators, I feel, is they, yeah. they feel like they've got to make a real uh, reactive emotional like calling it straight away. Like there was something the other night, and it was um, it was I think it was an it was oh it was the Danielson red card, the the, Sw- the Sweden one, the Swedish yeah. one, and they were talking about it being yeah. like the worst red card they've ever seen in their career. Mm. Like, it, like they can't even believe it's gone to VAR. And I was just like, like you don't have to be so reactive to it. You can just say like, oh, yeah. I, like it could go either way. That was also Silly. the same so, commentator that said at the end of the game that um, what was it? Spanish eyes are smiling tonight. So. Yeah, good. I love how Brains I was fried. Yep. Um, yeah. So the red card happens in the 77th minute, and at that point, I think that is Switzerland's tournament over. Yeah. How well did they do to take that all the way to full time for one, and then all the way through the extra minutes, um, 120 minutes to go to Pens? They did well. Yeah. Once I got to Pens, I was like, oh, yeah, here we go, especially with um, Busquets Summer. missing, and then them scoring. I'm like, oh, they're going to do it again. And then they did how score. How bad were the Pens? <laughs> That was so oh bad. This is the lowest quality penalty shootout from both <laughs> yeah, teams. Yeah, it was. I was so oh surprised how bad it was as well, considering, considering Switzerland had just had such a good penalty shootout against yeah. France. And it was so yeah. like all well-taken pens. And that was probably a more high-pressure game, even though it's earlier in the comp, like ever against the world champs, whatever. And like I, they took them so well. And this, they just like crumbled under the pressure yeah. and just it was yeah, yeah they, were, they were terrible like and they, terrible. they they always have their center backs taking them so early <laughs> on as well like akanji and uh shah took them uh second and third two and three and they were the two worst yeah they were terrible and it yeah. was and then the young guy vargas comes in in fourth and he's there like two pens down and he puts it over the bar like you can't put that, that pressure was, on the young that kid was, that was the worst yeah. one but um i think if you're young summer and you've essentially um, survived the first pen by Busquets, hit the post, and then the third penalty you've saved. Yeah. So they're they're one from three. At that point, you can't do any more. It's down to the players to score the, the <laughs> yeah. pens. I feel as though he was just completely let down. Do you know what I mean? If you're the keeper and you've you've saved two of three, you're just like, well, as long as we score four pens, we win this. And yeah, they yeah. did not do that. A hundred percent. I got a quick one actually before if we before we move on. Danny Olmo, does he look like Frenchie, the comedian? You reckon? 
Next time, next time. <laughs> yeah, you, you, yeah, you see in the game, yeah, see yeah. a close-up of him. He looks like Frenchie. I've actually got another person I think he looks like who uh, yeah. I know a bit know a bit better, but I'll, I'll leave that one for another day. All right, keep but, that up uh, there. But yeah, the um, I, I was I was very impressed with with Switzerland, like you already brought up, Sean, like getting the red late on in the in the game in normal time. You just think they would just fold over there, and especially with Spain. I mean, they dominate possession before the man's down, and then with the man down, they're going to dominate even more. But yeah, they should have definitely put him away. And like Moreno missed three good chances in extra oh. time. He's my God, that front post, that front post one. How bad was that? Oh, yeah, they need a need a poacher up front. Oh, just on the <laughs> frigging target. So, so I I left this game and and obviously Switzerland leave the tournament. And I'm in my head. I'm like, geez, they've had a good tournament. They've done really well. And then I just sort of like went back and reflected on their results. They won one game this tournament. <laughs> <laughs> Very neutral. But, they, Wait, no, they, beat, no, they, beat tur- they beat Turkey. Oh, you, mean, you mean in normal um, times? So- 3 1. Oh, yeah. In normal time, yeah, essentially. Yeah, okay, so yeah, sorry, they yeah. beat Turkey. They beat the worst team in the tournament. <laughs> yeah, hands down, worst And team essentially, the they didn't win any other games. Like, obviously, they got through in the France game, but that was 3 3. And they, they um, went on to win that in, uh, in Penos in outstanding style. But yeah, essentially, they, they won one game and it was against the worst team in the tournament. So. I don't know. I think sneaky. I'm trying to work out whether they've had a good tournament or have they had a really bad tournament. Well, not a really bad tournament, but a mediocre tournament and a good run. Yeah, probably a bit of both, I'd say. Like they weren't they were terrible to watch, but yeah, when you think of it like that, they probably didn't have a tough time of opponents. They also did get past the world champions, though. So I mean, that's, yeah, that's like, even, even in a knockout game. So even if you, like you said, they only won one game in all time, they still knocked out France, which is huge. And actually, on that, which is huge. all all yeah. three of Switzerland's knockout games and their histories at the Euros have all gone to pens. Bloody so hell! We got the two this year, and then one in 2016 <sighs> against Poland, which also went to pens. Where were you when I was doing the multi then, Barn? <laughs> oh, well, I mean. My stats I actually guy said, got this to me after the game. I said that this would go to pen. If Switzerland were going to win, it would go to pens, and they might nick it. And I thought they were going to do it, but went the wrong way. Yeah, I mean, it's also the uh, fifth game of the tournament to go to pens, which is the equal most ever with ninety six and twenty sixteen. Nice. All right, should we move on to the match of the round? Yeah, is it? Is the match around? Yeah, of course, mate. Well, number one v Italy. Oh, come on, Denmark. All right, we'll move on to Italy versus Belgium. So yeah. Italy got up here 2-1, and Josh is correct. It was a very exciting match. Uh, a bit, bit back and forth, but mostly dominated by the Italians. Uh, they sort of yeah. they sort of put their foot down and, and took over the game when they needed to. What did uh, what did you make of the game, Josh? Yeah, no, I, uh, I thought that's that sort of sentiment. I think that uh, Italy's possession was more... Uh, offensive than than Belgium's like most of the game was played in Italy's um attacking half and they kind of just looked when they were when they had the ball possession they looked business as usual like they had been against other teams Belgium did threaten them a little bit more on some counterattacks and and Doku later on in the game and stuff caused some trouble but I think like Lukaku got smothered pretty pretty well um especially in the second half yeah definitely yeah but like um Chiellini and stuff like that, and um, yeah, that was that was nice to see. I think that was the problem with um, Belgium is they only really look threatening on the counter, and yeah. like hitting Italy on the counter is 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 a hard task. So, so what what I noticed like is like um, so there was one bit where uh, actually two two things I wanted to point out in this game was the defending. So there was the counter attack where De Bruyne got the ball and played it to Lukaku, and Lukaku is like bearing down one on one against Chiellini. <laughs> And he shows him his right foot, like he he lets him like sort of shapes his body to send him to, down the right hand side, rather than let him come in on his left, which you know Lukaku wants to do. And he also mm. backs off a lot, sort of that using Lukaku's weaknesses against him, which is his touch. So he's sort of letting Lukaku run at him at pace, waiting for that heavy touch. And then Lukaku kind of gets to the end and and realizes that the defender hasn't committed, so he kind of has to stumble and shanks a shot that gets around and on target, but it's it's weak and it's easy to save. And the other thing I really liked was there was one where Chiesa had a shot uh, in the first half, I think, and just missed the post. And then he's sort of like there with his hands on his head, like, oh, I can't believe I missed. And then 
Jorginho runs past him and sort of pushes him into position to say, <laughs> like, stop, you've got to, like, to switch him on. And that's how, yeah. like, switched on they are is, like, okay, you missed Move a shot, yeah. could have won us a game, get in position, we're defending a goal kick now. And it was, like, that's why I think they're going to win. Just stuff like that. They're just so switched on. You, you see him, like, uh, when they block a shot, even when it's not that threatening a shot, like how like G'd up the whole yeah. back line everyone gets, like especially Chiellini and Benucci. Yeah. There was the one in the second half where Spinazzola blocked uh, Lukaku's sort of muffed shot and Chiellini basically head-butted Spinazzola to yeah. appreciate, show him how much he appreciated the block on the line. Yeah. But yeah, the, yeah to me, it's like it's almost like uh, they celebrate the, the, the block shots and, and good defensive um, just, moves harder just, than the goals. They're defenders that love defending. That, that's yeah. the difference, isn't it? I love that. Yeah, it's rare yeah. these days. Did you see Donnarumma's yeah. uh, early save with oh, his right hand? Oh, my How strong are Like, you know he's big, and then you walk at that, and you're like, fuck He's me, done that he's twice huge. in this time. He's One huge. on his left hand in the two games ago. Same sort of thing. And I felt my shoulder dislocate just watching it. <laughs> it's unreal. Yeah. The Brian hit that so oh. sweetly. Yeah. That was unreal. I was, um, I was really impressed with Don, Donnarumma. He had, a, he had a great game, I think. Um, yeah, he he only got um, a six point nine in the rating, like a rating stats. Oh. Who who rated is, it? Yeah, which is the equal equal lowest. Oh, just I think just the um, instat data or whatever uh, okay. comes through yeah. that gives you like a yeah, um, you know, pass completed and all the rest of it. So okay, um, yeah. got a six four, and Don Roma got a six nine. Yeah, um, really, Kiesa got six four. Yeah, yeah. I thought, yeah. thought Kiesa was good. Going like especially going forward, but I, th- I feel so, like he's just like very, very. Di- he's he got some body too, so yeah, he's kind of very direct, yeah. like Barati. But I, I don't know. I feel like he adds a little bit more than than Barati does. Um, but yeah, I think the like like I said earlier, the, the Belgians only really look threatening on the counter, and they had a good chances with De Bruyne really running the show. And mm. I was surprised he was even in the squad in the team to be honest. So he started going to be yeah. injured, and I think he actually came out after the game and said he playing on ligament damage and there's a lot of people that came out like geez that's not good for really? his career like yeah. he's play- he, he had an en- a ligament injury and he just he just decided himself to play through it and um yeah there a lot of people worried that it could really end his career early because of uh because of like the just the amount of pressure he's putting on it yeah of course what um so what do you guys think sure, the goals sure man cities have yeah. Well, let, let's talk about in Sydney's goal. Like, what is he known oh. for? Oh. Picking up the ball, <laughs> dribbling people. Tillemans comes over with oh, the most silly. tightest challenge I've ever yeah, seen. He looked absolutely knackered. That was the tightest knew challenge what he was I've do. ever seen. Yeah. He just like dangled a leg. I could tell what he was going to do. And I'm like, yeah. don't come in too hot. He'll skip past you. Oh, yeah, he's done it. Skip past you. <laughs> yeah. And then you're if you're oh. Vermarlin um, and probably... Um, Toby out of that yeah. point. You probably, yeah, you probably want to close. Vatongan was on the left, so <laughs> I don't think I'd want him to close at that point. But yeah, if you're Vermarlin or um, out of Arrow, I want you to Push come out, out and, yeah. and get his head. Oh my God, that is sat off him. I'm like, play the worst thing you can do. And he, of course, he bends in the top corner. He's done that like 20 times this year in Serie A and two other times in this tournament. I made the joke off. It's so yeah, frustrating. Yeah. It, about, like, um, yeah, yeah. Um, Roberto Martinez must be pulling all his um, hair out. <laughs> what he's got left, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I made the joke off air that uh, I didn't think Insignia could kick the ball that far. And uh, maybe that's what um, I would have wear Spurred out. Spurred him was. on. Oh, maybe that's what, like, like, Toby didn't come out and press him. He thought, oh, wait till he gets a bit closer and he's an actual threat. Don't worry about it. 25 yards, whipped it. He didn't even smack it. He, he passed it in. No, he's yeah. in the top right. I think if it doesn't make sense to me that... Um, for Belgium, that that wasn't on a video session that you've done during the, the, <laughs> the game preparation. That has yeah. to have been on there. Has to have been on there. He plays on the left. He's heavily right-footed. <laughs> they would have had to have showed footage. And if that happens, show him on the outside. If he gets close to the top, you need to press. That would That's 100% be inside the pregame stuff. And, yeah, as I said, Martinez must be bloody pulling his ear out. I think um, what maybe that's what the defenders were thinking. They were like watching it unfold, and they were thinking, "Where have I seen this ball?" Like, trying to trying to work I've out where seen they've seen. This. Yeah, it looks familiar. Oh shit, it's in the net. That's where I've seen it. I, I think that's, but I think that's exactly the reason is they didn't know. It's not they didn't know it. It's that they they were just they just look so leggy. The Belgians, yeah, especially that like towards the end of the first half and. Throughout the end yeah. of that second half, like Doku, you could see Doku was the guy who hadn't played much because he was the one like um, 
working the hardest and the most out of all of them to try and like uh, create something. Like they would just look so tight, especially that, that back line was sitting so deep and just weren't getting up fast enough. Yeah. So do it we was, um, do we want to talk about a Mobley coming back from the dead? Yeah, nice little decoy on the penalty. Uh, for the, Classic for the Italian move, that one. Yeah, he's like lying on the ground with a little oh, peek yeah. at his, eye, his hands. Remember when David Louise did that? What, we scored? Yeah, yeah, I'm back, yeah. David Louise was like on the ground and he was peeking, peeking, out of his, uh, peeking out of his hands to see if the if he's got the free kick yet. That yeah. was exactly the same Which thing. Takes it, me into the last like 10 minutes of this game. I was just so oh. like bored and disappointed with like the rest of the game because I'm a neutral right so like the game's yeah. coming to a head Italy are 2-1 up you want to see Belgium go at them you want to see like Italy defend for their lives and then Italy to maybe catch them on the break like that's that's as a neutral that's what you want to see but I'll just you weren't able to watch that because of the way the Italians choked the game out and yeah. I suppose I don't blame them but like they just add another like 25% on that any other team does. Like a lot of people go down mm. the injuries. A lot of people make subs and stuff, but they just do it to like the extreme. The worst one was Donnarumma. Donnarumma oh, comes out to Donna catch Ruma. the ball. That was get, terrible. Gets a, gets a keeper's foul, which we all know isn't a real foul. Someone can't near him. Keeper. Yeah. Yeah. He lands, the ball gets spilled, they win the foul, and then he's like rolling around holding his hand when it hit him in the elbow. And then so then they wave the trainer on, and then he takes his glove off. And then we're in injury time at this point. And then they like put water on his hand, magic spray <laughs> on his hand and stuff like that. Holy water. And I think he, he's doing it deliberately because I think he knows he's a keeper. And as a keeper, you can't come off. Yeah. Whereas if one of the outfield players goes down, they yeah. need to go off to then obviously mm. come back on. So he knows this, rolled around for five minutes, got the spray and then gets up, puts the ball down and then just boots it like 60 yards down the pitch. Yeah. And then they close out the last minute. It was just so, it was a dredge to watch. Yeah, it always is. So I've got a one regarding that actually. So I think I might have mentioned it in the group chat, but what do you think about if um a player goes off to get treatment, they have to stay off for at least five minutes? So that way like mm. you're either you're either off getting treatment for five minutes because you actually need treatment or you faked an injury to waste time and you want to come back on and you've got to wait Slow that five down. minutes. Yeah. I don't mind that rule. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe um, maybe a little shorter than five, maybe like two to three minutes from when you when the play when resumes, off. when the play resumes, yeah, 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 two minutes from then, maybe that would be like a, a power good play. Yeah, it'd be like a power play because yeah, you're right. If you're genuinely receiving treatment, then you should use those two minutes. But what do you think of um, Spinazzola's injury? That was pretty tough to watch. It sort of looked like he was bunging <laughs> it on, but it was quite early to bung it on. Yeah. It's hard then, to know. Yeah. The... And then and then when he saw his reaction when he was like crying, you're like, oh wow, this is actually really probably real. Yeah, poor yeah. bastard. So he's that, done. That's the only the thing that makes me nervous about. Yeah, he's done for this tournament. So that's the only thing that makes me nervous about um, the Italians going on and winning this thing is um, Spinazzola. So, like, if something happened in the the middle of the park to say um, Jorginho or Verratti or something like that, like it's not the end of the world. You can bring Locatelli in there. Um, like you, you've got options. But when Spinazzola went down and now out, as you say, for the rest of the tournament, he's just so key to how they play. They actually yeah. might have to change the style they play. I know Mancini went on to say, look, he's a soldier and he goes down and he gets replaced and the system stays the same and everyone cracks on. Um, and they'll probably bring... Um, who's Emerson the, in, right? Um, Emerson, yeah, yeah, Emerson, the, um, yeah. Yeah, the, the left back in for him. But, I mean, he's just not the same. He's just not as dynamic as Spinazzola. So that's the only thing that makes me nervous for Italy going into their semi, really. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if the system they can maintain it. The only the only thing is that that left back, so Spinazzola was always the one who would get forward, and Di Lorenzo would usually sit in and is a bit more defensive minded. So Emerson is definitely the best better part of his game is his going forward. He's not probably not as solid defensively. So at least you would that system still works around a quite attacking minded left back. Mm. Um, and Chiellini would then obviously yeah. they sort of sit more as a three when they're in in an attack. But yeah, you're right. It is a little worry for them, but I still think they're favourites for the tournament. Yeah, I just got sure. two two quick little points again on this one. So I thought it was a really nice gesture for Chiellini to let Lukaku out of his back pocket to take the pen. That was good to see. <laughs> and um, and I also want someone to ask Lukaku in a post match interview if he now still classes himself as in the same like. <laughs> Classes Suarez and Lewandowski and Benzema after that shit. 
I've said miss. Yeah, yeah. The, there was a couple of shockers. There's that header that went out just past his face as well. That was an open net, but yeah, you, you get just as many digs in at Lukaku as you do as Man United per episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I Poor feel like fella. the Lukaku ones hit hit you a bit too. They're kind of directed at you. Oh, they're really hurting me because he's, <laughs> he's missed out on Golden Boot now. So that's really yeah. disappointing. Alrighty, let's move on. So next up, we've got what was another cracker of a match. Uh, that was Denmark versus the Czech Republic. So two teams who probably didn't think they'd be at this stage of the tournament, but they, they are definitely deserving of the spots. And uh, the Danes came out on top, were too strong for the Czech, especially mm. early on. Sean, what did you think of this game? Um, yeah, well, I thought this is probably the hardest one to pick. I think I said that on the last pod, where to pick a winner in this one is tough. But um, I think the early goal um, is probably what set this game off. And, like, you know when you're going into a tie mm. um, and it's, like, nice and tight, um, like finals like this, I think FA Cup finals like this, whereas if you get an early goal in a final, you just know that the rest of the game is going to be cracker because you're going to have two teams yeah. sort of going at each other. Opens it up. I think that's what that's what happened. Yeah, that's what happened in this game where it opened it up for um, for Denmark to score their first goal, um, Delaney from the corner. But my question is, who's marking him? Unmarked no one the entire time. No one even went to him to start with. <laughs> it's like, and it's it's not as if it's in the second half where you've like you've made a change and so like oh on the board before we went out we had the left back marking him and we but we've made a change so who marks him now? No, we're four minutes in at this point. Like fuck me, I just don't four minutes understand. He didn't really make a run yeah. either. He just stood there and it hit him yeah. on the head and went in. It was. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the nah. Denmark, Denmark and, have been doing this in their their last few games, actually, probably since their first knockout. Oh, actually, no, they did it against Belgium as well, where they they just go hell for leather in the first twenty minutes and just like um, go as hard as they can and just push teams, yeah, and just really um, press, press, press for like twenty to twenty five minutes and um, see if they can get a goal. And that's what happened here. Like they just. Like we're pressing, and they got the goal early, and I mean that's what they're going for. If they get one goal, great. If they get two, I mean you can almost seal up a game with how good they are defensively as mm. well. It's so, their squad. I thought so, that the Czech Republic looked really tired in the first half, but it kind of was just that, yeah. like the Danes just going hell for leather. Yeah, yeah, to the start. So, mm. um, what about um Yoki Malay's uh, ball oh. in for, oh. for Dolberg's goal? So, first of all, what a ball that is. Um, unbelievable techers outside the foot floated it right onto his feet um, to, to essentially just tap in from about six yards out but my question to you is have you ever seen a left back who's ever been so heavily right footed <laughs> aside from myself no yeah is he actually right footed yeah, he's heavily right-footed. I love then, that. He had a, That's awesome. He, he, had a late, he had a late chance that he probably should have cut back. I think who was in the middle? It was oh, at um, the Brathwaite end? Yeah. was in the middle. Yeah, and he just went on his right foot and just like had a shot, which I, I honestly think was going wide anyway at that point. But yeah, yeah I've just never seen just a left back so heavily right-footed. Jao Cancelo-esque. Yeah. That's, that's what no, it's that that like. That is true. And, um, that explains why the, um, the, the first goal to cross was so tasty. That was... That's definitely the cross of a right foot out with the outside of the but boot like that. That was that was real that was real like uh like good simple football to get that goal as well. It was like they like dragged the ball across the middle and it was Christensen dragged it across, laid out to Vestergaard. Um Mailer like sort of came back towards Vestergaard and drew the full back in and there's mm. huge space in behind him and Vestergaard just dinks a little ball in and Mailer just Moves on to it, puts in a ridiculous cross, and then Dolberg just literally sits his foot there, cushioned it, yeah, and just goes straight in the net. Great goal, yeah, one of the, one of the better, better team goals we've seen so far, I'd say. Yeah, definitely, definitely. She gets, did. She gets his goal for um, Czech Republic. <laughs> yeah. Of course, he does, um, which is always going to happen. But yeah, they they essentially move out. Um, Denmark move on, but again, I went back and I was like, oh, I wonder, sort of. Refresh myself how Denmark got to um, a semi-final. Oh, no. All right. So, they lose to Finland in the first game. Obviously, um, certain type of circumstances in that game. But essentially, yeah. they lose that game. They then go on to lose against Belgium. Then, going into the last game, they actually beat Russia 4-1 and go through oh, their yeah. group as a um, best third-place team um, because of the goal difference that they had. Um, then, they batter Wales. Um, and then now, yeah, they beat the Czech Republic. So essentially, they're in the semi-finals, 
and they've lost two, one, three. <laughs> so that's that's a that's just, a deal. That's a good deal. I mean, and yeah. also ch- you got to chuck in your best player had a heart attack on the field. So that uh, yeah, that really that really sort of puts a bit more we into said, context there. Early results as well. We, we said that at the time, didn't we? Where we were like, what's what this is going to happen? Like two things are going to happen here. They're either going to take that and then that's just too much for all the players to deal with and they'll have to um, yeah, essentially pack it in and they're probably going to go out with a whimper or they're going to look at each other and go, no, we should do this for um, Christian and and it looks like they've gone for option two. Yeah, yeah. it's good, good to see that it's, it's paid off for them. Cause, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it really, it really did look like a. No, it was way. it was great to see Denmark go through. So they go on to play the winners of our next game that we've got oh, here. Here you go, Sean. So, Sean, oh, it's your moment. England hey, you know four, <laughs> Ukraine nil. And before I give Sean oh his two minutes of uh, of fame, two. I just want to point out about how boring this game was as a neutral. Yeah, it wasn't great I, I, for four I can nil. imagine as an England oh, really? fan, this this was like yeah. unreal, like so good to finally put a team to the sword in the tournament. But as a neutral, I was sitting there looking at my phone because it was so bored because Ukraine offered absolutely nothing. But can Shano, I just... oh, sorry, Josh, you got you jump in. No, yeah, I got one thing too. Yeah, I'll just uh, feed you a little little line to to think on while you're doing your monologue. Um, so <laughs> I want to know how does Kyle Walker keep starting? Oh, he. He's... He's a terrible player. I think he offers nothing to the oh, team as a right back oh, or a person, and I don't get oh, it. Oh, bang. Please his explain. Not, his name's not Lukaku. Calm down. Jeez, oh, that's hard. I don't get it. It um, was shocking. Yeah, well, I think he is in the team for essentially um, some additional speed at the back. That is my main understanding of, of why he gets picked over, right. say, um, a Reese James or, or a Trippier um, because the recovery speed, which um, he needs – because of his um, passing ability. Yeah, um, coming from his turnovers. He's, he's yeah, absolutely electric. Yeah, I know. So, um, yeah, my understanding is that that's why he's in the team. And I think okay. if you look at the way England have played, when what essentially happens is um, he tucks over into a back three with uh, Stones in the middle, Harry on the left, and they normally just kick Luke Shaw on um, when they do mm. have the ball. That, that's essentially how, how they've been playing. And whoever's on the right side of um, their midfield, Sancho in this instance, um, essentially just doesn't have to track back or they sort of – that is like a resting spot for them. So when um, Sterling gets tired, they shift him out to the right so he doesn't have to do that shift back for um, Luke Shaw who who works yep. with a little bit more in tandem. But, yeah, that, that's how I see it happening. But, yeah, in terms of this game, I was happy to see England go back to a back four um, and they scrapped the back three, um, which they went through on the, the Germany game. I think in my head that was the only way that they were going to lose it if they were going to do something – like a little bit mm. exotic or something like that. But if they went back to the yeah. basics and what they knew and what they did, I think, as you say, Barney, the golf between the two teams was um, rather big oh. and, and it showed. So um, the other thing that really helped England is um, just getting their goals at really good times. So they got an early one, which essentially just chucked out um, the Ukraine's game plan. Yeah. Because I imagine yeah. their, their game plan would have been to, you know, eke things out, you know, get to half time at nil all, you know, get to 70 minutes and then see if we can make a, you know, like roll the dice type thing and see if we can pinch something out of it. So, yeah, their goals early on um, was good to settle the England team. And then when they come in the second half, they got another early goal and then just essentially blitzed them for there. But um, England looked much fresher than the Ukraine, really. Like, yeah, they um, did. They just look sharper. They looked like, yeah, as just fresher is probably the. The best word um, for it, and um, the other thing that which was good for England in this is we spoke about it on other pods. Is um, Gareth made five changes in this game, so essentially he's had the starting okay. eleven plus the five changes, and all five changes were made at before the seventy-second minute. So you know what I mean? Like he's, he's been able to rest players again for this. Exactly. For so ha- of, yeah, it's handy. So Harry come off with twenty minutes to go. Um, and yeah, so essentially Harry's only played seventy minutes over the last week, which is is, is good going into the the next game because um, yeah, he wants to keep all his players fresh, and it's great for Dominic Calvert Lewin and and um, those other yeah. players to come in. So yeah, just um, unbelievable performance from England. Just you can't ask for for much more. Like I know Ukraine yeah. weren't great, but I mean, if you're England, you can't do much more than yeah, keep another clean sheet. Um, batter them and, and look comfortable doing it. Um, a couple of yellow cards that were floating around, they sort of disappeared because um, the changes they were able to make with um, Phillips and Rice coming off so early. So no injuries, no one on a yellow going into the next game. 
um, some rotated and rested players, and yeah, England were good. No, it was was pretty disciplined result, wasn't it? I mean, this is what you want uh, England to do to a team like Ukraine. You want them to batter them four 0 because that's exactly what they should be doing in in terms of like, yeah. like you said, the the golfing class between the two teams. But um, yeah, I think like and one of the reasons it was for me it was such a boring game is that the only chances that Ukraine threatened from were English mistakes. Carl Walker. And I think like I'd, I'd I'm <laughs> yeah, Carl Walker definitely, but. Um, I probably wouldn't lean into the fact that that England. That's something I'd worry about in later, like in the semi and potentially the final if they make it. Because for me, it was England scored early. They were dominating the game. Ukraine were looking threatening, and I reckon a few of the players just dropped off five or ten percent, and sort of went back to a bit of the England of old, where they, you know, like there was a Pickford ninja kick in there. Yeah, there was was, a, yeah. Kyle Walker trying to pass out of the back line, which is never good for anyone. <laughs> Um, and yeah, you know, some some of the old stuff that they used to get caught out with, and teams would punish them, and that's and which we haven't seen at any stage this tournament really, except maybe the Scotland game. I think it was where Walker did some other ridiculous pass. But um, apart from that, like they've been very solid. Or even Pickford, I've been so surprised at how solid he's been this tournament. Like he's been very disciplined, and, and that's probably the best way to describe the England squad is just discipline. And yeah. they lost a bit of that focus here, but I think good. This is the game you want them to get those mistakes out in. Because it's it's they're not going to get punished. They still get a four 0 win. They're all buzzing, and they go right. Let's refocus. Come into Denmark. We've got to be on our game because they will punish us if we make those silly mistakes again. Um, but I'm still I've still got a lot more. I've probably got a lot more confidence in England now moving yeah. forward. So, Sean, actually, a question for you uh, as an Englishman. Um, when they say it's coming home, I know that was sort of the slogan for England in the last World Cup because you guys did pretty well. Mm. And so, obviously, didn't win the World Cup, so it's like, damn, it's not coming home. But oh wait, the Euros are here. It's now it's coming home again. Can yeah. you just apply it to any tournament, any national tournament? So if you don't win the Euros, then when the national Nations League is on, is that count as it coming home, or does does it have to be the World Cup mm. for football? Essentially, to come home? yeah. Essentially, when you invent the game and give it to the world, um, you're allowed to take it back on <laughs> any standing you wish. Yeah. So if you wish to take the game back home. In this instance, the Euros, then yes, you're allowed to do that. Um, if you yeah. want to win the Nations League, which is a real trophy, um, you yep. can do it in that. Or La Tournoire for that example too. <laughs> All right. That's is good. It, is, yeah. is, sorry, is that is that pre or post-colonization? You're allowed to bring it oh, <laughs> Controversial. But the, yeah, I think uh, it can be applied to, I think, any any uh, anything England want to bring back. So it, it doesn't actually have to just apply for football can apply to anything that England may possibly win because it's been a long time. Bang it. Yeah, true. Bangs um, and So can apply to that. <laughs> yep. Fosters. I also wanted to know your thoughts on <laughs> if Ukraine will have a better chance in next future tournaments um, once Zinchenko goes through puberty. Yeah. <laughs> I think that'll be a stronger side overall. <laughs> he's got he's got that baby face, doesn't he? But uh, He really does. I think, oh, he just needs some help, doesn't he? Like it looks even oh, a couple yeah. of link up times where um he had some nice little combinations to get to, to progress them up the field down the left hand side and then it, yeah, he's almost as like he's run out of players to, to play with essentially. Yeah. Yeah, you feel bad for those players that are the the stars in their national team coming from big clubs. Yeah, quick yeah. Um, shout out to um, Shevchenko's suit too. I think he was outside mm. of Mancini. He's the best dressed gaffer. Yeah, yeah. How good does he look? He hasn't doesn't hasn't really aged a day since he, yeah. he retired. He looks it's so the same. Good. Yeah, yeah. Good mm. on him. Um, all right. So that is a wrap on the review of the games. So obviously. <laughs> Uh, England are through, Denmark are through, and they'll play each other on Thursday morning at 5 a.m., I believe. And then uh, Wednesday morning at 5 a.m., we've got Italy v. Spain. So two massive matches here. Very exciting. Uh, boys, what are we thinking for Italy-Spain? Shauno, I'll, I'll get you first. Uh, I think Italy will beat them in regular time. And I think Italy may, might make light work of Spain. Um, mm. Not in terms of the score. Like I don't see Italy sort of blowing them out sort of 4-1 or anything like that. But um, I just think that they'll get through this game and be able to manage the game rather well um, to get a comfortable victory um, and just control the game really. So yeah, I, that's how I see it playing out. I just see Italy as too good. I don't think Spain will cause them too much drama. What do you guys think? 
Yeah, I uh, I tend to agree with that, Sean, um, without giving too much away about the multi. I think that Italy are going to win this with 2.5 or less goals. <laughs> Just oh, something no. like that. I don't know. If the multi's <laughs> involved, we're not getting it. Yeah. I, I, I agree. I think this will be a bit of a reality check for Spain, this game. Um, and uh, it will really show them sort of where they're at. Because they, they got to the semis and... I don't think any of us really would have picked them to make it to the semi. Um, so, I mean, congratulations mm. to them getting there. Dark horse. Yeah, dark horse. <laughs> yeah, 2012 World Cup winners. But, yeah. uh, 2010, sorry. But, um, yeah, the yeah, I think Italy will be too strong for them for sure and just, just control the game well. Yeah. Uh, Italy's all three of us, yeah. Italy yeah. all three, that's an easy one. I think Jobber said he likes Spain, so we'll put that down. I heard him tweet mm. that too, yeah. Something yeah. like five nil, I think he said Spain. I think Murata Hattrick. Yeah, I heard him oh. say <laughs> oh, Ridic- ridiculous he's he just always sees his twitter yeah all righty uh and the big one england versus denmark uh i just like to point out here it's a bit of an inverse of the flag colorings as well here yeah it's nice just um just notice that one what do you think josh yeah, yeah no i think uh i think england um with uh 2.5 or more goals in this one oh. yeah <laughs> what about you sure no I, I yeah i see this one being um Probably a little bit more closely matched than the first fixture, really. I think I think England will get through eventually, but I think yeah, the the Danes are going to cause them um, some trouble. The thing that worries me about Denmark is where their goals are going to come from. Like that, they, they don't seem that prolific or um, like that sharp at the top end. And then obviously mm. we know England's record in this tournament; they have yet to concede. So I think it'll be a low-scoring game, but I think England will get through and make it to the bloody final, boys. Jesus Christ! Yeah, I think Shorto. Since their main striker Poulsen's been uh, been out injured, they've scored six goals. So I don't know if they're too worried about where they're going to score from. I'm not yeah, sure. Is he is he any danger to come back, or is he done done? He came off the bench in the last game, so because okay, he was maybe starting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. For right. me, for me, I think this one relies heavily on who scores first. Yeah. I think I think yeah. it's going to be big for the team who scores first because uh, I could see England scoring first and because Denmark they come out of the, come out of the box strong and then uh, England score in that time and it, that really rattles them uh, and then England on the other hand if they concede early they may get a bit rattled and you might see some of those mistakes creeping back in because guys just sort of lose a bit of focus but yeah I think England will be too strong and we'll still get through yeah in normal time. Uh, no, I think this could go to extra. Ooh, spicy. I think it could go extra, but I, think, right. I, don't know if, I don't think it'll go to pens. England have got way too deep a squad. to They can just rotate so many good players through. Yeah. Like, yeah, they should be good for extra time. Cool. All, All right. right. Well, I'll hit you with the official multi then. So, uh, yeah, for so sure. we've got, yeah, well, I kind of, that was more of just my predictions, but if you want the technical terms, we've got Italy to win uh, and for there to be under 2.5 goals in that game. So, I'm thinking it's like a 2-0 to Italy. Uh, then the England, we've got England to win with 2.5 or more goals in that game. So like a 2-1 maybe is what I'm sensing. Um, and then I've also thrown in Brazil to beat Peru just to keep it exotic oh. as Jobber wanted. Yeah. It's not Brazil paying much. to beat Peru. We're yeah, off it's the not paying much. Yeah. So uh, for those who didn't know, there's another tournament going on. And so if you chuck your $10 redos on that bad boy, it's going to get you a measly $165.30. So we're playing it safe. That's, bad. that's, yeah, still, just, that's still a good get. Just to get out with some cash before the end of the tournament. Yeah. Oh, Let's just get some cash far out. Yeah. We're broke. We're bloody shots yeah. the damn pod. So yeah. Good luck Alrighty. to everyone. Thanks for thanks for listening, everyone. Any uh, any more points for anyone? Anyone raise any issues? Nah, I'm <laughs> good to get out of here. <laughs> no, it's it's been good. Um best pod we've had so far, I'd say. Yeah. yeah. Smooth. Yeah, yeah definitely. Alrighty, yep. see you. Alright, take care.